to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side. last week at the impact conference uh impact conference and uh, we saw amazing things um i feel like that's the last one we've had for the year otherwise you are free to be making individual impact because <laughs> it doesn't end So last week we were looking at uh, an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, we called it the wisdom of a serpent and we opted not to go live uh, because we thought when you are feeding people on meat you only give those who have teeth or those in the house so that if they don't have teeth They can't blame anyone because that's what is there. What do you want us to do? That's what's there. Praise God. So even if you don't like black and white, but it's what your father bought as a TV, you will watch. And uh, listening to your reviews, I realize there's been a lot of changes that have happened ever since you listened to that. I can tell you are no longer naive. uh because the world does not want a believer to have even a one quarter the world mammon does not want you to touch any man ato 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 you think a one quarter you're saying you're broke you're not you're not yet broke you have a one quarter you are fun you're funded but when you are dealing with mammon even a one quarter he wants to grab i don't think people know the wickedness of the devil and his uh, his demons they don't want anything you got a c you have not failed you passed a d plus you have passed <laughs> satan wants you to get nothing at all in fact nothing is good negative So when you understand the kind of enemy you are dealing with it helps you know the kind of force and intelligence you need to go with when you're dealing with the enemy. And you see when the enemy is attacking you he doesn't come at your level of knowledge but at your level of destiny. That's important to understand. 
So the kind of destiny he senses around you informs the quantity of his attack. You see why you need to take notes? Because how do you remember some of these things? When even I, after I say them, I forget. All right? So let me give you an example. So let me give you an example. Here's Jesus. I mean, he's just born. But the Bible says there was a death decree that was given by Herod to kill all children two years old and below. Because demons sensed a savior. They sensed a glory they've never sensed before. Now, what have you done as a two-year, as a, as a one-day old or a one-month old to deserve an attack commensurate to death, to a capital, a capital offense, a sentence to death? What have you done to deserve that? You can't say it's nothing. It's the level of your destiny, the kind of destiny you carry, informs the attack that you experience. Yes, same thing happened with Moses. When Moses was born, they sensed a glory they've never sensed before. So they gave a decree that all children below two years and two years must be killed. Why? Because demons sense the glory that they have never sensed before. So that consistency of things happening tells us that the kind of attack that you experience is commensurate to the destiny that you carry, not the knowledge that you have. The presence of knowledge may only help you to fight that battle. The absence of it makes it worse because ignorance is not a defense. So the enemy will come at you because of the pressure you are giving him without giving him any pressure. There are many times I didn't understand why I would be treated the way I would be treated uh, in some places for no reason. I remember going somewhere to, I will not say the place, but this woman was a commissioner for arts. And I just entered her office. She behaved so tormented, and I was in a nice suit. Hey, what are you doing? What are you? She asked all the wrong questions. And she was just, it was cold. You can't say, maybe it's hot. No, it's, she was just, I was wondering, what have I done to this woman? I mean, I had my nice bald head cut. Then when I came out, I realized, no, I was tormenting her. So it's not, what have I done? No, it's what do you carry? When it's recognized in the realm of the spirit, it attracts a force which is opposite in direction. I was on the road yesterday with some people, and I'm trying to just cross the road, entering the other side. One guy was coming at full speed from afar, and because I blocked him, you know those Tima roads for blocking. Can you pass now? There are many cars. And the man was just blowing up. He was just blowing up. I can't pass your cars coming. Go. I said, wow. If he was God, we would have died because he would have led us right into, into death. And when I passed, he now said, you are very stupid. He, he screamed at me. So I thought, oh, well, I could be, according to them and where they come from. So it's, that, it's not the fact that you've made a mistake. No, it's that you are tormenting a person. 
The person is already coming tormented where they are coming from. And then you, you add more thought to the injury. So he started kissing me. Now I stopped responding. I just passed. You want to say hi, I give you his number. <laughs> How many people drive here? How many drive? There are two questions I don't like the answers for in this church. How many are married? <laughs> and how many are driving? We need to correct something before this service ends. I know you have prioritized which one is more important. Both are important. Amen. Otherwise. So this man left home. He's got a wife, uh, two sons. He pays rent. Whatever the case, he's doing just fine. He's driving. You know, you know, you people surprise me. You were just okay. You go, you start picking cases. You just find a case on the road, you pick. Because you don't know who I am. I may look small like this. You don't know. You don't know if you're not samba. You don't know. I'm after Suba. You don't know. You just find the person, you abuse them. And then the worst part is this person is just looking at you. The fact that... So, you know, I felt so sorry for him. Because he was just okay. On a normal normal Saturday, you are just fine. Then from nowhere, you pick a case. You just pick it like Put it in your heart. The point I'm trying to make is avoid road rage, okay? <laughs> avoid road rage. I was with someone, they were driving me somewhere, and they were about to park just there. Someone crossed them. Like, I'm telling you! That ma, calm down. Ma, he's a ma. <laughs> you never know who you're dealing with. So be composed, okay? It's very, I learned to, you know, the first question that I've been asked here is, what are your spiritual disciplines? One of, the, one of my spiritual disciplines, I'll tell you this, I'm always praying. Always. And I'm, I'm having a struggle praying at home because when I reach home, I'm tired. So I sleep. So when I'm driving, it's my time to But the road has road rage. So that's a challenge I had at first. Because someone will just, a demon will just sense prayer and just try to, they're driving together, you're praying. So normally when I'm driving with a person, because I may mention maybe some issues a married couple, married couple is going through, so you don't listen, and I turn the volume loud, and I'm praying. But maybe someone is just coming by the side, it's a double end. They just look at you. They just feel like they can scare you. 
From nowhere, they just feel it. Then he looks at me. And the guy is like, dude, where where did that thing come from to just boom me? So those are those are some of the challenges I had when I initially started praying on the road. But I realized, uh, I then realized, <laughs> you know, you realize now I'm a weak man. Because <laughs> it's easy to get so angry at some, and some people are genuinely making mistakes. <laughs> but I learned people have got their own issues. People are tormented where they are coming from. <laughs> so just ignore them and just drive. Also, every time you're about to, to give a tongue lashing to someone or to come out of your car to fight them. Because some people are so angry that as you are driving next to them, they will park, get out of the road, chase after your car, catch it, <laughs> <laughs> and beat you. Remember that you make mistakes on the road. I've never met a person who's too experienced to not make a mistake on the road. It just happens. So before you abuse others, so, one of the disciplines, I pray more than I preach. I pray more than I preach. If I'm not ready, sometimes you don't know that I came here, I didn't have a sermon. But I have to pray normally minimum of an hour before I come to preach. So, even if I'm not ready to preach, I pray at the expense of preparing. Now, the reason is that I have been reading the Bible and spiritual books for a long time. For a long time. For a long time. For a very long time. So, I, I know a bit of the Bible. Just a bit. Just enough. So my issue normally is not that I don't have what to preach. My issue is what to preach. And the only way to pick what to preach is to go into the heart of the spirit and pick it. And that requires me to give myself to silence. Silence. And that silence is not a silence of the environment. No. The noise of the environment is not noise in the spirit. But it can be a distraction and it can be a noise. Because remember, it's not the water in the boat that makes, outside the boat that makes it sink. It's the, it's the one that comes inside. So if the noise is outside, but it's not inside, then you can be in silence. Or how are you going to pray a serpent in a very dirty, bad environment? Then they are playing all these kinds of songs. Yeah. <laughs> I almost mentioned one. So they are playing all these songs, and you have to pray. If you say, no, I mean, I can't pray. I can't pray because there's secular music. It means the secular music has overwhelmed you. I thought it's supposed to be the other way around. So you need to quiet, learn to quieten your spirit. You can hear God in a noisy place. So if you ask me when I prepared, for example, to preach this sermon or to answer these questions, I've not gone through them except two. But when did I prepare myself to go through this? Probably from the time I finished school, grade 12, because that's when I started reading, reading intensively the word of God and spiritual books. 
and praying and for some reason, you know, for some reason, for me, when I want to have entertainment, I would get a novel and read. And if I find a new word, some of you, the problem you have is you are reading an article, you find a new word, discombobulate. You just said disco, disco, you skip it. Let's not pretend you have found a word you don't know. Stop pretending. Jairus, stop pretending. Write the word down and find out what it means. So I had a whole diary where I would write down words that I don't understand. Where is it? And at the end of the day, I would go to the dictionary and check them out. Because as a minister, you will not be effective. There's a certain level of ministry you can't have if you are ignorant. You need to know to my words. Yes, I know. You found a new word. You just pass. Well, I mean, if you ask me, I quickly say, look it up. When my wife asks me, what does this word mean? Look it up. Um. <laughs> she has to look it up. I can tell her, but <laughs> I will not be helping her. If I give, if let's say I pray for you and you get delivered, I'm the one who exercises authority over that demon, not you. So if I can impart in you a spirit of research, then you'll be more productive. So don't be afraid of big words. And the church said, Amen. So what spiritual disciplines do you connect with? All of them that I know. Another discipline you need to have is discipline against the flesh. Very important. We are doing question and answer session today. You are aware? Discipline against the flesh. Uh, basic at a basic level, if you are dating, you need to wear yourself. Am I ready? I'll give you an example. You are in first year. Why are you dating? For why? You are doing a seven-year course. Why are you dating in your first year? And if that relationship does not work, why are you even heartbroken? Be real. Come on, be real. There's no need. There's no need. Because, you see... God was trying to prevent, maybe God is trying to prevent you from doing what you never thought you'd ever do. Because the Bible says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. It takes a lot to resist lustful temptation. That's why the Bible does not say pray about it. It says run, flee, 2 Timothy 2. He says flee. And we've got an example of Joseph, who fled, he fled when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. He didn't say, he la kura musiliti, zangalala la shanta. No. When he just noticed, she mayolo chiesu machari pangwa winoichi, lest. He ran away. I had a sister one time who was telling me about her ex. Pastor, pray for me. What did you do? I said, I know what you did. Yes. <laughs> How did it happen? We were at a bride. In the first place, why were you doing at a bride? I couldn't say no because I would look like a bad person. So I went. Then what happened? I saw him, man of God. I saw him. <laughs> then he started coming. What did you do when you saw him coming? 
Where were you? I was seated at the table. I closed my eyes. When you opened them, where was he? He was close to me. <laughs> what did you do? I began speaking in tongues. Then as I was speaking in tongues, well, we kissed. <laughs> so through experience, <laughs> I have come to learn that tongues do not reduce lustful desires. Because you can be speaking in tongues and when you open your eyes, you are blessed by what you are seeing. Now, whether it's a blessing or not, I don't know. But you are, you are convincing yourself that I'm blessed. <laughs> I want to say something, but I was fair. You see, a man can have a crush on a woman at a funeral like this. The body is like this. Then a woman passes like this. It's a very strange world. <laughs> so, all I'm trying to tell you is, one of the things you need to do is tame the flesh. Amen. Okay, let me not take time on this one. Let me answer the other questions very quickly. We're going to be closed shortly. Uh, be closing shortly. Now, next week, we're going to have a prayer service. <laughs> so if you don't know what happens at a prayer service, just come. Just come, you see something. Come, you see something. We want you to see something. Just come. He's Gadudu Vyandas. Quickly. Someone says, while I understand that just because I don't feel the presence of God doesn't mean he's not there, what could be an explanation for me not having experienced being driven by the Holy Spirit, even though I speak in tongues? But how did you speak in tongues without being driven by the Holy Spirit? So being driven by the Holy Spirit is not like he's pulling you by your ear. Remember, I taught about, uh, during midweek service, I taught about sight. Right? And I taught about the highest dimension of sight, which was what? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What was the highest dimension of sight? Huh? Remember that Louder. Sight by the Spirit. And I said, a lot of times when you are having sight by the Spirit, you will not even know. There will be no wind. There will be no breeze. There will be nothing. There will be, you will not feel driven. You, it will be like life. Because the Bible says, I think it's Proverbs 16, Amplified. It says, roll your works to the Lord, and you will make his thoughts agreeable to your will. So that means you can't even distinguish who's thinking between you and God. 
You just say, ah, that was God speaking through me. Yes. The same way some people don't know that it's the devil speaking through them. Someone has to tell them, get behind me, Satan. They say, oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's too late. Remember what happened to Peter. He didn't know. Imagine if Peter knew that this is the devil speaking through me, but anyway, I'll still tell Jesus. So you can be led by demons and you don't even know. It means you are being driven. <laughs> but in the same way, you can be led by the spirit and you don't even know. Are you following me? And that's the best. So don't put yourself under pressure to like have these feelings. It's a long time since I had a feeling that God is leading me. It's been a long time. But I know because it's very spiritual. I have, by reason of use, I've come to know the speakings of God, the leadings of the Spirit. I've come to know. So if I feel a breeze, praise God. But when, That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. If you are waiting to feel like, oh, no, but me, how come I've never fallen under the power of God? Everyone is falling except me. And when we say, the power of God is about to touch you, you are ready to. And then everyone is down except you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have not experienced the power of God. You receive it by. There are some people who fall and rise and go back the same way they came. There are people who cry under conviction, and they come and they throw their bag of sins, but when we tell them to go and register their names, they carry their bag of sins, and they follow command. Instead of leaving the sins on the altar. So, you are led by the Spirit, and you will know it because the results of your life will show. Are you following me? Next, not a question, but a comment. Continue being a great blessing that you are. Thank you. A friend of mine put up a status that was asking to explain if drinking alcohol is a sin. And I referred him to the scripture that says, drunkenness is a work of the flesh. He proceeded to ask, what if I just drink and go to sleep? What if you steal and just go to sleep? I had a dream that my roommate and I were having sex. We are both females, and we are both not lesbian, and she's never made any type of, of advances toward me. I've also had dreams prior to this one that I was having sex with people I know. What could be? Okay. Um, you see, sex dreams are a bit strange, eh? especially for people who are not married. Sometimes there are sex dreams that people have, and that's just... Your body telling you that you are growing up. So you just find things have happened. <laughs> That's a different set of problems altogether. For boys, you find, you call your mother, she says, Mukwai, when she shepherd, you are growing. Maybe she thought it was me, but because <laughs> your voice is now. So all those kinds of things, that period of time, it's so strange. But there's also attacks when the enemy begins to attack you. For example, 
the frequency of those dreams can tell you that there's something wrong. I needed to say that because some people, some people says, I mean, I also feel like I'm under attack. Lately, when I see a I called her to the side and said, uh, how old are you? She told me, I think she was about 17. I said, um, you know, you are growing. So those things can happen. It's not an attack. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the body is strange. That's how God designed it. But if those dreams become consistent, like this one, sometimes it could be because of what you are watching. Be careful with the things you watch, especially before you sleep. Before you sleep, I advise, listen to a gospel song uh, and meditate. Listen to the word of God, read the scripture, watch correct things. Now before you sleep, you start doing the wisdom of the serpent and you start observing snakes in the world. Why didn't you do that during the day? Then if you dream a snake is after you. <laughs> if you dream a snake is after you, is it an attack? Or your mind is angry at you? Sometimes your mind is angry at you because why were you making me watch a horror movie? I don't think people know that your body can be angry at you. One time, my body was so angry at me because I fed it on Doritos. I had not eaten anything. I ate Doritos. I ate them. I ate, I ate them so bad that I threw them. When I slept at the dream, I was eating Doritos. I ate them in the dream. I ate those. My goodness. I ate them so much. When I woke up, I think they were coming out of my nose. From then on, I did. And I couldn't eat until after 15 hours, and I was not fasting. I decided I will never eat. Now, it was, you know, that big pack. I don't know. I ate half of it. Yes. Just to, <laughs> just to help you understand. I ate half of it. No, because, you see, my body is so sensitive. Doritos, never again in my life. I'm done. I can buy for you, but not me. You can eat. I'm not saying stop. Me, I had a bad experience, so don't copy me. It's like this thing. I stopped taking energy drinks. Because one day, I, I drank two kung fus. <laughs> I must have been in my third year. I drank two kung because I was studying for an exam. And I took one. It didn't do me. Eh? So I took another one. And when I finished studying now like this, I said, let me lie down. When I lay down, the, the, the red light became white. And I asked myself a question. Am I in heaven? <laughs> Is Peter about to come say hi from the pearly gates? I said, Lord, I'm not ready. I've not yet married. I've not yet preached, you know. The same things you tell God so that he doesn't come. I used to do those things. I said, Lord, if you take me out of this, I will never drink an energy drink again. I was praying in my spirit. I couldn't open my mouth. My eyes were open. Immediately, I got back up. I praised God. And since 2013, 20, when, when was I in third year? Yeah, since that time, 2015, I have never taken an energy drink. 
There are some things you must leave. Sometimes it tests your discipline. It's not everything you say, ah, this thing did me bad, but I'll eat it again. Some things you need to stop. Just There are some foods if you never eat again, you will not die. How do you know? The same thing that damaged you, you go back to eat. Ah, now you know you are a weak man. Because you can't discipline yourself against it. You go back. So, but these kinds of dreams, if, especially if they are persistent, you need prayer. Okay? You need prayers. So come for prayer. We'll help you out. I had a dream. I thought I would have had many questions as opposed to dreams. I had a dream where there was an event happening. It looked like it was church. Then I was with pastor and mom outside. And in the dream, mom was preparing for the same event. It's like I was ministering something at the same event. Then mom gave me her wig that was curly to wear, and my makeup was done. Hmm? When the event finished, pastor called me to go and give mom her wig, but I hesitated. Then I went my way to give mom her wig. I met her, but she hugged me, and I woke up. Okay, so this dream is a bit um, convoluted, but the, the, the immediate thing I pick up, you see, because the Bible says the glory of a woman is her hair. So that means when my wife prays for you, there's a certain glory that is going to come. And you went back to give it back to her, but instead she gave you a hug. So I believe there's a certain glory that will come upon you when my wife prays for you. So go and seek prayer. This is a message of this dream. Not from me, from my wife. I can't give you a glory I don't have. Some of you, some of you don't know that one of the most anointed people in this church is my wife. Because of the amount of interaction I have with her, I'm, apart from her own calling. But you know why you can't receive the way you look at her. So you need to look at her correctly. Because that level of interaction with the anointing, something rubs off on her. But she has her own calling. Just in case you think she doesn't. All right, that's clear. I dreamt that I was at the airport welcoming some people. When I reached there, they told me, our long-lost sister, we have been looking for you. And when I hugged them and looked at them, they were very tall beings. And it's like there was one who was taller than the rest. Then they told me, you will never be broke. We are now here. Then I woke up. <laughs> Does that dream need extra interpretation? So the airport is a place of takeoff. That means your life is about to take off. Those two beings are angels. And you are in their environment. They are about to help you take off. And your takeoff is going to be connected mostly to finances. Because they said you'll never be broke. So come so that we lay hands on you and we just um, you know, activate that blessing. Congratulations. So I had a dream where someone was telling me on how God showed them where he's like taking them something like this and there in the dream. They mentioned after four years, 
and how things changed. But my question is, what does four years mean in a dream? Another one is, what does it mean dreaming about toilets or using a toilet in a dream? Uh, last question, someone asked me why it's not good to date someone younger than you. Is it okay? So, um, come and see me so that I can, because I need to ask more questions about this. Uh, sometimes dreaming of a toilet or a kitchen may be significant of your diet and how that you may need to work on your diet. Yes. May not be witchcraft. Could be your body telling you. You need to pay attention to how you are eating you. Hallelujah. Dating someone younger. For a man, we have no question there. Right? The issue comes to the woman. If the woman is dating a man younger than her, that's where the issue is. So for the man, I don't mind 20 years, 40 years, as long as you agree, as long as the, the woman is of age. By of age, I mean 21 years. You want to marry a 70-year-old man, as long as you are... The Marriage Act says 21 years of age. So that means you are deemed to be capable of handling the marriage. Probably the only challenges you are going to have is, number one, you are basically dating a guy who is in a different generation, in a generation past. So you are likely not to flow in certain areas. There are some words that you have to teach him over and over and over again for him to understand. Because what was fun in their day is not fun in your day. What was cool in their day? Now these days you have to go to, you know, happy land. And they're just like, no, that's for children. Then them, no, there are bigger play areas. Ah, no. Like we went with my wife and, you know, she goes on this disco stand. And she says, let's go. And I'm just feeling like there's no, why? Let's go. If some of you saw that video, she was alone. I was just out there mocking her. Because I feel like that's for children. So she could be dating a man in a different generation. An older man. Also, you know, if the age is too much between a man and a woman, you may not enjoy sex. Okay? Because, but men are strange. You can find like a 90 year old. <laughs> Kalimo limo, ka? Aye! You thought you would be the ruling party. <laughs> but you find yourself in opposition. <laughs> so, um, but potentially you could have that challenge. Men are strange beings, let me not. Because God one day reached to a 90-year-old man and said, ah, I want you to have a child. And the, the, the man had a child. So, especially if they are believers. I... You renew my strength. I, uh, 
You are likely to be in trouble. So moving on, anyways, so those, are, those could be the potential challenges you may have if you go for a man who's way, way, way older. But for men, I don't mind. As long as the woman is 21 and above, you can get married. Mm, um, on the woman's part, it depends on how far. There are men who would never want to marry a woman who is either their age or slightly older than them. Because they feel like, no, she will mentor me. But for me, I don't have a problem. As long as the man is, number one, mature. Number two, he will never bring up the age thing. Because if you are dating a girl who's older than you, and then you say, you, are even a, you, are even, you don't act your age. <laughs> or you hint on it. You will damage that relationship without breaking it. So you are in a share or not a relationship because it means you have attacked, you've attacked the entirety of a womanhood. So you don't. Whatever happens, even if she behaves like a newborn baby, even if she behaves like a fetus, don't bring it up. <laughs> never. If you are dating a lady who's older than you, never. Okay? The question is just how. So number one, the man needs to be mature. Number two, you see, around us, one of the issues is marriage is a union of two families. Not two people who are consenting. All that Western stuff, we don't disagree with it, but here, it's the whole village marrying the other village. So there could be that challenge. It means the man must be willing to protect the woman at all costs and say, I am the one who decided I'm going to marry her, not you. You tell off your mother, you tell off your sisters especially. <laughs> and you warn them, you tell them, if you dare open that your mouth, Mimi, I'll, you, you'll see. You see, let them know that no one should touch a woman you decided to marry her. It's them. Let them go marry their own man who's younger than them. <laughs> so you need to be resolute to defend her in the presence of your relatives. Because relatives, are, you see, the way relatives are already to you, they are bad. There are always family issues. What more who is not even connected to them? So you need to be ready to protect her from your relatives. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Um, you see, women grow faster also. They grow a bit faster because once she has a child, there's a lot of change that happens in the anatomy and physiology. So if she's way older than you, you may have a challenge even with your sex life. Um, this is why women, when you have a child, encourage that you go to the gym you try to bring yourself back. Don't just say, e mama. <laughs> He's the one who married me. He will see. He already has eyes. He will see elsewhere if you're not careful. So you do, listen, and I'm advising you. You are a, you are a mother. You have a child. These days, there are many ways of taking Go to the gym. Do something. Eat properly. Don't just eat. <laughs> Because you are dealing with your hormones. No. Let me tell you something. Women, this thing that they do that when they, when they are, when they're on their period, some of them, their emotions are way up. 
And when they are pregnant, Kai. <laughs> now, I, we are not denying the changes that happen in the body. But does it mean that the fruit of the spirit when you are on your period is suspended? So look, the same way that, the same way that if you are not feeling well, you say in the name of Jesus, I'm well, I live above my body. The same way that when you are on your period, let the fruit of the spirit come out. The fruit of the spirit doesn't mean you are not feeling impatient. It just means you are able to possess your vessel. Because now you are married and uh, maybe you are pregnant. Your emotions are all over the place. Then you are your husband wants some of your Philippines. What are you going to do? Okay, now let me leave that for the marriage class. So, so, the fruit of the Spirit must not be suspended at any cost. Your man is even complaining at when she's just on her. She's untouchable. Touch not the anointed. <laughs> and do my women no arm. <laughs> we have a problem. So, you're dating. Don't change because your body changes. So, a woman who's older than you, let me also say something. You are in a relationship. You need to help your man always be wowed by you. <clears throat> in other words, always look good, brush your teeth, do everything you can do. The man must not always love you by discipline. It's discipline which is making him love you. He's a he, the only reason he loves you is because he's a good man. <laughs> and all the men said, More October now, for that shallow, shower the champion. More October. She showered, not she juice. More October. Ulefanag, ay, Kabioko. When you are dating especially, remember to look good. Because men are visual beings. They may just notice another sister, then they'll feel like, no, I've been feeling led. <laughs> now, they've not said by the spirit, but there's a leading. <laughs> and you end your relationship before you started it. So that, I hope you've gotten that point. Sometimes when a man wants to introduce you, you know, one time King Exexus wanted to show off Vashti because the Bible says Vashti was a beautiful woman. So he says, oh, have you ever met my wife? Meaning there's a part of a woman who, a man, which wants to show you off. But when visitors come, say, because you will just come with hair, Spreading all across like the gospel.
So, the, so visitors have come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then afterwards, they came. Then you say, no, baby, you didn't tell me. I was screaming you didn't hear. Why did you say? I said, baby, come to visit us. <laughs> I did it. And all the men said, you, you see how they agree? Ah, they have a problems. But you need to help them by making sure you look presentable. It's the only way. Not praying for them, no. Okay, so maybe depends. Five years older than you is okay. Above that, I don't know. I didn't say yes or no. I said I don't know. It's on a case-by-case basis. I've said a lot. All right. I was with a... Oh, la brinde verekida. We need to close the service. Okay. I was with a sister. Are you, are you enjoying this? Yes. Anyone with a question on this? None. Good. I was with a sister from church. We were shopping for church from different stores. It's like we were buying deco for church here in Lusaka, but it's like we ended up going back home in Numwana. As I was escorting her back home, I met all my brothers, but something was off. My youngest brother was hurt. I asked my other brother what was wrong with him. He told me he was beaten, and they were on their way to the hospital. I decided to follow them and leave the sister behind. So I know it's a bad meaning, but I don't really know how we really shifted from Lusaka to Lumwana. Um, this dream is twofold. The first one is probably telling you to go and start a branch in Lumwana or a sale uh, because you were buying deco for church, but you took it to Lumwana. So meaning there's a glory that is here that has to go there, that God wants to take there. And don't look down on yourself. Whether you just start and it will grow, just do it, all right? And then the second part is pray for your brother. Okay, I recall that we were having prayers by Onza Chapel as a group, and I went for prayers in a white vest that night. I don't know what enticed me to do that. Then Pastor Daniel was coming, passing through the groups of people as they were praying. They are like praying there like he was spraying people something that was red at their feet as he was passing through my section. He spotted me, you people, punctuation. It's just like an eternal sentence. You know? Those are students. Eh? In, in. He's a Grundy Vibaba. Okay. And he spotted me out for being in the wrong outfit. And he was upset and agitated about it. I could notice from his expression. I was panicking and worried. I thought he wouldn't spray me at my feet. I started asking him for lenience. Then he just sprayed a bit of it at my feet, and it wasn't enough, and I wasn't satisfied. But my heart was at peace after that. That's what I remember. Okay. So it means, you see, do you remember the, the, the parable of the wedding? The wedding feast. There were people who were not dressed correctly, and they were sent out. That means when the day of reward comes, and you're not ready, you're not going to receive it. A different outfit is a different, it is, is, you know, outfits are mantles, and mantles describe a person's walk with God and what they got as a result of their walk with God. So 
Who are you walking with if God can kick you out? It means you never walked with God. So it means that you are in the right environment, but you are carrying the wrong lifestyle. In other words, you will not receive as much as you are supposed to receive. Now, that could mean there is a certain habit that you need to do away with, a certain lifestyle that you have in secret. And when God wants to reward you or take you higher, you cannot be taken higher. It's not every word that comes by what people call grace. Not every... People know grace in one way, what I didn't deserve. There are things that you have to deserve. Or else, what is the principle of labor and reward if everything is by just the grace of receiving without having uh, worked for it? Yeah. Because the Bible says he was, he was faithful in little will be faithful in, then if you were not faithful in worldly, who will entrust you with heavenly riches? And if you are not faithful in another man's, who will entrust you with your own? That's a scripture of labor and reward, work and reward. So how are you faithful in little things? If you are faithful in little things, you will be rewarded. You will not just be rewarded because of grace. There's a grace somewhere that just rewards you. I don't know if you're getting me. No, it's unmerited favor. Suddenly, things happen a certain way. No, you have to be proved. You have to be proven. Are you listening to me? Now, I want to finish this. You see, because there's some exciting things the Lord wants us to start looking at. But I'm going to read a few, a, few, a few of these and see how I can help you. Why do we fast from 0, 0 to 15 hours? What's the revelation behind this? What's the revelation of fasting from 6 to 6? When you find that answer, it's the same answer for this. I dreamt three times that I found a baby boy on the floor, and I refused to take him to the orphanage. I dreamt three times that I found a baby boy on the floor, and I refused to... I think that's what he named. To take him to the orphanage. I need to see this person. Because this dream has a number of interpretations. It could mean you have a ministry towards babies who've been forsaken that you are running away from. But we need to help you. Since you have said some sex dreams are okay, how do you differentiate between an attack and a natural dream? So I said, sometimes the consistency, sometimes the nature. You wake up, you are scared, and you, you, everything is wrong around you, and you feel a presence, and it was just a sex dream. No, come for prayer. You get my point. Sometimes just once, why are you having sex with the same sex in a dream? Even if it's the opposite one, Dad. You're already married. Why are you having that kind of dream? could be an attack. You get my point. So we can't put a finger to it and say it's like this and like this. It's a case-on-case -case basis, okay? This is a letter. <laughs> the word of God says, God gives us the desires of our hearts. In a case where that approach you are not the ones you want. 
And the ones you want do not want you. The ones who are the desires of your heart. Is it wrong to set high standards? This is serious. Or oh, like my son says, serious. Because once the standards are high, it looks like the process of waiting also prolongs. Do we have witnesses? <laughs> what is a high standard? <laughs> is it a high standard in the flesh? World, okay. Let's be honest, ladies. Normally when you mean standards, you mean worldly standards. Normally. We're not talking about he's not saved, but we talk about he's tall, he's dark. He's an engineer. Normally that's what they mean by high standards. Let's be honest. Let's start from there. Right? No, my daughter, I can't help you if you are pretending. Okay, a short man who speaks in tongues. <laughs> and he has a big vision. <laughs> they are not saying it's excellent, they are saying it's okay. Okay, listen, listen. Listen. Number one, it's not wrong to set high standards, but I just needed to cross-examine your definition of standards. What are high standards? Someone who's high in height, you see? You are wrong. Those are not high standards. That's a tall man. <laughs> I'll tell you something. There are basic things you must look for in a man. Basic things you must look for in a man. Number one, he should be saved. Number two, he should be very in love with you. Number three, he should look like he's going somewhere. At least in the next two, three years, you should settle down. For some of you, in the next one year, there are some of you, if someone comes to date you, I won't allow you to date someone who's going to be dating you for the next three years. No. Number one, your age does not allow it. Number two, I would rather you are single than get stuck in a, in a situation. There are many people who you think they're in relationships. No, they are stuck in a situation. Many are not in a relationship. They are stuck somewhere. It's not even a situation. It's somewhere. They are stuck somewhere. Are you getting my point? So then, uh, those are the basic things you need in your mind. And also, you must think he's handsome. Or eventually, you must think he's handsome. So, eventually, you must, at least you, it doesn't matter what the other person thinks, you, you must think is answer. Because if you don't like his nose, he's going to be breathing it on you. You deal with it for how long? So, at least you must be convinced that it's naturally and you love the man. That's, those are high standards. Anything besides this is from the devil or from the flesh. When I say he looks like he's going somewhere, 
at least he should be finishing school. If he's not doing school, when you look at the big kind of business he does, at least he can pay rent somewhere. <laughs> no, listen, if, we, if I bring, if, I bring, if you bring your salary from whatever you are doing, you bring, maybe you are getting paid a, a five pin or a seven pin, whatever you have access to. He also brings, even if it's a three pin, the house has, let's say, a ten pin. You can pay rentals, you can eat, and you can build towards something. This idea of wanting a complete, a, a, a finished uh, uh, product, that's why your people marry ghosts. Because... Once the standards are high, it looks like the process of waiting also prolongs. I've answered this question. Also, you see, some of you, the kind of thing you do, the kind of ministry you are into, you can't just marry any man. You need to know that. You need to know that. It's not a guarantee that because you are married, then you have... I don't know, purpose. Not everyone, not even everyone shall be married. Have you ever noticed that in this state, I am not quick to promise you marriage. You will marry. I don't do that. Because as a woman, this question is coming from a woman. What if there's just no man who's coming? What are you going to do? No, why did you come to Christ? Did you come to Christ so that you can get married? Why did you give your life to Christ in the first place? You received him as your Lord and Shibukombe? No, let's have a very honest conversation. slaying. I'm just telling you, if you don't, don't insist, because again, as a woman, you will not go and start saying, hey, beautiful. <laughs> you can't do that as a, as a woman. How? One time back in the day, a son of man came to tell me, ah, daddy, this one should accept. She will accept. I said, go for her, my son. <laughs> the guy sent a message. Came back to check the phone. He said, no, um, I don't see you like that. You know the usual. I have mad respect for you. <laughs> I don't know why the respect has to be mad, but you know. <laughs> mad respect for you. Like someone, someone, uh, someone put up a status when their friends got, got engaged. Sister Joy, this could have been us, but when I asked you out, you said more grace. <laughs> so she tells you more grace. Now, you have a problem because if a woman, if you asked a woman and immediately she said yes, in fact, I've been feeling the same way. <laughs> Immediately, the woman confirms the word. Ah, you will run away. She's not the one. At least there should be this explanation. 
I feel like I need to wait. I feel like there's no time. Then you say, okay, okay. You have planted the seed. You just need to be patient. Not say, eh, hey, is it yet time? No, okay. Let's not do game lessons. So the point I'm making here is a woman does not go to ask a man, what are you going to do if a man is just not coming? All you can do is pray, Lord, cause me to be connected with the right man. But if he's not coming, after you bath, you post a nice picture, you put it on your Facebook, you, there are all the correct things you can do, but just do what you can do. Don't go beyond what you should do because you look desperate. Also, also, I tell relatives, because relatives are always asking, eh, Takurika brother. No, because you are now 30, you are not yet married. Remember, if they are saying you are taking too long, let them quickly marry for you. Let them do fast, fast, they find the man they marry for you. Don't be under pressure. But, just pray correctly. Just pray. There are many people who were, many women who were single for some time, they prayed, and eventually God, you see, the way you pray, the way you preach the gospel, you can't even marry just any kind of believer. The way you became on fire was the problem. <laughs> the way you became on fire was the problem. Now, a problem in the context of, it already regulates the kind of man you can be with. You can't just be with any kind of man with your fire. You will go on ice. So you are given to marriage, and the marriage removes you from saving God the way you should have saved. For your comfort, Jesus was not married. Paul was not married. Tell a sister next to you, Relax. Some of you men, when you feel like you're ready for a relationship, also don't embarrass yourself. If you've asked this one, she has refused, you go to this one immediately. Relax. In a ministry like this, you will tarnish your name. Because, you know these ladies, they would have discussed you. That one, he also asked me out. Ah, Variko fast, one of brother. Before you know it, they have saved you in their phones as fast track. <laughs> if you are single, you feel like it's time, you want to ask someone, come see me, or see Deacon Gabriel, or see any of the deacons. I've trained them. If you're afraid of me, go see any of the deacons. Let them guide you. Also, if you're absolutely single, you want to make the same move. You want to move forward as a man especially. Come and see me. I know many daughters who may fit your description. Who are good for you. If you can't hear God, I can. Come. <laughs> There's no need. There are relationships we've made here. There are marriages we have constructed. I work for a construction company for the Lord. Don't look at me like this. I can construct you. What is compatibility in love relationships? I don't know why people love to ask about love. 
This is a straightforward question. I will not answer it here. There is a saying that if it is meant to be, then it will be. I basically don't agree with this statement. What can you say about it, Pastor? Please help us. I also don't agree with it. Just sit, the money will simply come without waiting for it. It will just come. Don't study, just sleep on the book, the things will enter. Tell me what grade you will get at the end. I have I have learned that love is embracing someone with compassion despite their imperfections. And also, and also being patient as a person adapts to the version you want them to be. The question is, what is love? Please help me understand. Okay, so for love, go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, it will tell you everything you need to know about love. However, There are people you shouldn't just date. And you know what happens? If you insist on dating that kind of person, you will go into the relationship, but you'll come back with a testimony. Yeah, I tell you that the, 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 the danger with disobedience is that it works. For the fact that you are dating someone and you are actually dating does not mean you are in the will of God. There are just people you shouldn't date straightforward. How do I become that which God wants me to become? Because I pray fast, read the word, but still want more of God. I don't see anything. Keep it that way, because the irony of being a believer is to be filled but to remain hungry. So if you still feel like you want more of God, it's a good thing. And if you have endless questions that you need God to answer, it's a, me, I have endless questions. Some have not yet asked you because you may be lost. Me, I can handle that lostedness, but I don't know about you. So we, we, we have many questions, and slowly God begins to answer it, answer us at his pace. So we are hungry for more, but we are filled, because the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit, okay? So you know more, but the more you know, the more you realize your ignorance. And that realization of ignorance makes you hungry for more of God. That's the beauty of our journey. I want a wife. I want a wife that the Lord has prepared for me. How do I design the wife for me? Because me, I'm confused and distracted. So thank you for being honest. So since you're a confused man and distracted, put yourself on a ban. Read my books, read my wife's book, pray about it. And for you, I will tell you to be on a ban until you reach fourth year. Because it's a man. So no dating until fourth year. When that fourth year is done, come and see me. You're on a ban. Now your ban was given from the altar, so you don't want to disobey it. 
Minister Mono for ban descriptions and terms and conditions. She has written a whole nice book. I've read it on a ban. You all should get that book. How do I receive my finances from God? I give it, I give tithe, but still my finances are delaying or not legally there. I know I'm a king, but still my finances are still delayed. <laughs> I'll be answering this question in the next teaching. I continued to have this vision for like three Sundays continuously. It was like a cave, a dungeon, and I was there with my siblings, and we were locked in there. We were guarded by some kind of creature which looked like a spirit, and some... Okay, we couldn't go out. There was light, but we couldn't go out. So there's a family warfare happening. The person who had this dream, it's a family warfare, and you need deliverance. Okay? There's a spirit that has been guarding you. The dream is a bit straightforward. Okay, some questions. I'm going to end at 13 hours. Is that okay? Some questions, I'm going to answer them. Um, maybe in a Zoom meeting. So if you've asked your questions, tonight I'll address them. All right. What does it mean when you dream a man of God is teaching? Two, a man of God is praying with you. Three, a man of God is praying for you. It means just that. For a man of God is teaching, maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to learn something. A man of God is praying with you. Maybe his prayers are coming to you now. A man of God is praying for you. Maybe in his private time, like the man of God for this church always does, is praying for you. What does it mean when you dream you are kneeling before the master, Jesus? In his right hand, there's a horn of oil, but the oil is not poured. But a seal is placed on your mouth and then instructed to build an altar. It means it's a nice dream. <laughs> I mean, you are not being delivered. You are dreaming Jesus, telling you to build altars. There's oil which he has not yet poured on you. You are in his right hand, not even his left. Even in his left, it's nice. Now you are in the right hand. Ah. We last sitting our nose. <laughs> so I think it's a nice dream. Basically, it's that. What do you want me to say? I had a dream. In this dream, I was in a bus that had the head of a truck along with people who I feel were believers. Now, the driver was a strange man and seemed psychopathic. He hit a soldier, and the soldier died on the spot. For some reason, there were many soldiers up ahead, and he bashed nearly all of them. He took pleasure in that. Next thing, we approached a dead end, and he gladly drove past it, causing us to sort of have a crash landing. It was an, over, it was an overhead highway. We were not hurt. We rushed out of the vehicle, going under an adjacent truck. That's how he drove off. I still don't know the meaning. What, what movies were you watching? <laughs> Sounds like you are watching movies. Sometimes movies replicate themselves. 
Sounds like a movie you are watching. You are watching Transformers, they are crashing. They are going to dream it. Because if I gave it an interpretation in terms of it would be too, it would be too, it would be too extreme for the kind of person you are. So just watch what you're watching. How to deal with indecisiveness. Number one, don't get into a relationship. Because if you get into a relationship and you're indecisive, suddenly you notice, I don't think I was about this relationship. Or you get back to him and say, I said, I said, I know I said yes, but I need to think about it. Then as I say, actually, yes. No, 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 wait a minute. I need to talk pastor. No, you know, I know pastor will agree. So imagine dating that kind of woman or man. You are in trouble. You, you get my point. So number one, don't date. Number two, find principles in the word of God. Because principles in the word of God, they are yes and amen. That's what Paul said. He said everything in Christ is yes and amen, right? So for example... If the word of God says to tithe, you can't say, should I tithe, should I not tithe? Ah, let me give next month. No, the Bible says do it. So when you begin building your life on the principles of the word of God on many areas of life, you discover that they are not in between us. You see, the way we are in the kingdom of God, things are so set in stone that normally if you say, if you go for an alternative, you have moved outside the perfect will of God. Let me give you an example. One of the hottest issues in our generation is an, is an issue of sexual orientation and homosexuality. There are many churches in which pastors actually support homosexuality. Some are silent about it. And many believers are on the fence when it comes to this issue. But you can't be on the fence when the Bible has picked a position. The Bible says homosexuals shall inherit the kingdom of who? No, 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 no. There's no inheritance. Even the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says they will go to hell. The homosexuals, they will go to the lake of fire. That's what the Bible teaches. So how can you say, no, but this is what the person likes. It's a sexual orientation issue. You can't. Even in the wake and the, and the presence of evidence that scientifically shows that some people are just naturally attracted to the same sex, even in the presence of that science, your belief system contradicts it. So you can't be on the fence. Either you go for what the science is saying or for what the word of God is saying. But isn't it true that science also talks about chronic illnesses? There are people who can have chronic, not so. Yes. But doesn't the Bible say he healed all our diseases? Does it mean the Bible is a lie? No, it means that that condition has to bend to align itself with what the Word of God teaches. That means that person who is sick can be healed. So things like sexual orientation, people who are wrongly sexually oriented must be fixed to align with what the Word of God says. You, you can't believe in all those healings that are happening there and believe the power of God cannot change a homosexual and make them straight. You can't. It means you are a hypocrite. How come you believe that a headache can be healed? How come you believe that bones can be aligned, but a person who is misaligned sexually cannot be correctly aligned? You are a hypocrite. You better stop believing all the miracles. It's like a sickness. 
If a person is sick, what you do is you look for medication to get them. You don't say, no, let's accept them for who they is. No. A baby comes and says, no, mommy, I believe I'm a boy in a girl's body. And you say, no, let's support the child because of... How come you can't allow that same child to handle a knife? Why are you not allowed? No, because they are young, they don't have the correct judgment. But when it comes to their sexuality, they are in, old enough to have the correct judgment. You are a fool. With three O's. You see, because the Bible says, a fool says in his heart there's no God. So the definition of a fool, according to the Bible, is the one who says there's no God. No, me, I'm not saying there's no God. I'm just saying, no, but if you say you are disagreeing with the word of God, the word of God is God himself, because the Bible says in the, believing, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if you're saying, no, it's outdated, you're also saying God is outdated. You are a fool. According to the Bible. That's the truth. So you can't say it depends. It can't. It can't depend. <laughs> the Bible is clear about certain issues. And look, you, you, you people who are saying, you know, you have to understand them and leave them. Wait until it is passed as a law in your country. Then one day now your child comes and says, Mommy, Mommy, I feel like I'm a girl in a boy's body. And they have already told their principle and you can't do anything because they are children's rights. In your own roof, the child has got a say about who they are. Eating your money, breathing the air for in your house. <laughs> then you will arise, I was stupid to have agreed to those things. It's always, it's always easy when it's far and it's not in your house. Remember how it was during COVID days? Saying, oh, in China there's this, ah, you're even saying, China even eating. <laughs> there are all these bed flu. Until you heard that, oh, back home, they now have a faculty COVID. Back home, they have a faculty This thing is here. Then you now hear to your uncle. Yeah. No, but when it was far, you were saying, ah, China. Let me tell you the other thing that happens. It means we can't cast out demons related with, with sexual immorality in the church. We can't. Because the moment you do it, they will see you, and they will block you, they will attack you, they will cancel you. So that means if there are many demons in church, there's a demon of sickness, there's a demon of, uh, of lack, there's also a demon of uh, uh, sexual morality. That homosexual demon, you don't judge it. You let it sit comfortably in the church, laughing at its friends as they are being cast out. Because they, so the church becomes weak because there are certain powers they can't touch in the church. That's why there are many Western, Western, Western churches that have gone down because there are demons they can't touch and they become strongholds in churches. You can't because the moment you say it, a policeman will show you you are going against the law. So when it comes to morality, morality is not a general morality. No. When you read our constitution, our constitution is clear. Our constitution says, you know, our nation, we the people of Zambia, okay, it's a preamble. It says we will uphold morality and principles of integrity. Morality. Now, 
What is morality according to the Zambian context? It's not Western morality. It is not positivistic morality. It is not a morality of the people. You can't interpret that morality to mean any other external morality when you already said we will support this Christian, this nation as a Christian nation in your constitution. Already, when you say our nation shall be a Christian nation, you are saying our definition of integrity and morality must be anchored on the principles of a Christian nation. And when you read the penal code and it says, it says, it says, it says, um, uh, Crimes against morality. And then it tells you bestiality, it tells you homosexuality. All those are supported in the Bible as offenses against morality. So you can't say it's a general morality when it is constitution-based, it's legal-based, and it's based on the word of God. It's, it's a word of God. So any attack, any, any, any idea, any argument to bring in homosexuality in this country is an attack on the Christian faith first. It's not dynamism. You see, sometimes the United States of America make you think like you're so behind. Do you know the fight that was there just yesterday in 2015 before they allowed homosexuality? They had to fight. Some people were against it. It was almost out, outlawed. So they must, some of those people must not make you feel like you're so behind. No. They're the ones who are behind in Sodom and Gomorrah days. Who told you you're behind because you're holding on to your... Try in some of these Muslim countries. You will die before you say, you see, you, see, you see the way people can easily just come against a man of God in the Christian faith. They will just abuse him. You don't touch an imam in Islam. You can't. You can't. If it's Muhammad, don't even try it. They say, oh, he has to suffer for the Lord. The church was complacent one time. They killed James. They killed James. They killed him. They lost out. And the only thing they could do was pray. What if we had someone in parliament who would say, no, you can't do this. That's why you have to be kings. Are you following me? Hmm. So the word of God is straightforward. If you begin following the word of God, you will never be undecided or indecisive. Let's do one last, these ones in my hands. Let me finish them. What does it mean when you meet someone for the first time and suddenly they appear in your dream in form of a beast? And you begin to battle with it and you win after that. They go back to human. I don't know. But I'll, I'll give you coordinates of my thoughts. There are people who Satan fights two ways. There are people who Satan fights when they reach any level of life. Let me give an example. Particular areas of life, right? There are some people who, the moment they get a job, then they will dream their boss is chasing them with a knife. It's a spirit of him not, not being employed, which is after them. It's not the boss. So they will quit that job and say, ah, there's Satanism here. They will go to another one. They will, this time he's chasing them with a stone. Or they'll go to the next one. They are just arguing every time. And after they argue, every time I argue in my dream, it happens in reality. No, you are not deep. It's an attack. <laughs> Sometimes it's relationship. The moment you get into a relationship or you have a crush on someone,
Then they start chasing you with blood, with a bucket of, they want to drain your blood. <laughs> they are chasing you, a bucket of blood. You are running and they are shouting, Morifa, don't run, don't run. <laughs> and then when you are looking, you are saying, then you find them in front. They laugh. <laughs> and then you wake, you end the relationship. It happens again, so it could be an attack. But sometimes it could be that it's an agent of Satan and you need to be careful with that person. I want to think if it doesn't happen consistently, you need to just be careful with that person and commit it in prayer. All right? I would like to talk to this person so that I understand the circumstances behind this dream. Two times now in different months, I've had a similar dream. What does it mean if you dream you are about to write a test? an exam, and each time you see yourself not ready, panicking and worrying. It means you need to stop panicking and worrying. But I need to ask the circumstances of the dream again. Because if you are in school, it means you are just panicking and worrying and you need to stop. And there's a way to stop. We can pray for you. You can also confess what the word of God says. When you begin confessing the word of God, it begins to manifest into reality. Two last ones. Are you here? Hey, Dad, I had a dream that you were giving people money for transport. So you gave Daniel Mackay a 30 kwacha, but you gave me a 100. And I was wondering why you gave me more money. I was like, is it because I've been consistent or what? But yeah, I wondered. Who, who had this dream? There's nothing shameful to hide about. You're not even here. I will not interpret it. Huh? Who had this dream? Hey, there's a question within a question. Morning, Pastor. In a case where you know you are called into ministry, how do you know whether you should serve under someone or you have to start your own? How can you tell the call of God on your life? So there's a calling to be in ministry, and then there's a calling to start a ministry. Those are different callings. So when Philip the deacon went to Samaria, and the Bible says he turned it upside down, he preached the gospel, he cast out demons, and people believed. The Bible says he went back to Jerusalem, and then Peter and John now went to establish the church. Why? Because Philip was a deacon and didn't have the mandate to establish a ministry. So to start a church is a different grace, because if you start that church, it means you have to be responsible over those souls for a, an elongated period of time. <clears throat> and one gift of any pastor is not inspiration. It's ability to teach the word of God over a protracted period of time. Because the Bible says pastors must feed their sheep on knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, Jeremiah 3.15. One purpose of a pastor is to feed you on wisdom. So if he can preach consistently and you are growing for a year and is not getting tired, sometimes you think you can because you heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. But when you start running a church, you are bored. You want to go elsewhere, do fire. No, stay there. How many times have I moved out of this church? How many times have I left this church? So mostly, people 
who move from place to place because they are so much on fire, they find it difficult to grow a ministry. Did you know people like Reinhard Bonnke did not have a church? Did you know Reinhard Bonnke? Okay, there was a great man of God. His name was Reinhard Bonnke. Some of you only know Pastor Daniel. It's a good thing. It reduces confusion. Because what are you lacking? But I'll give you some books and some men of God you can listen to. You'll be so blessed. He didn't. Why? Because his ministry was evangelistic. And there are also people who can't have more than two churches because the grace is just not there. There are many men of God, including uh, Prophet T.B. Joshua, they didn't have many ministries, many branches. And he would say, I, I don't have that great. But you think, as great as that man was. So some of these things are graces. You need to know where exactly you fall. Now, when it comes to starting a church as opposed to being in a church, being in a church is mandatory. Every believer at least must have belonged to a church at some point, except those special ones like maybe you are Abraham, belong to a church. Um, now, when it comes to starting a church, it will be very clear to you. You don't have to be confused. And if you are confused as to whether you should start a church or not start with your church, don't. If you are confused as to whether you should start a church or you should not, just wait. God will not punish you over things he did not make clear. Don't say, well, what if it is my calling? When you start pastoring those people, you now have a problem because you are thinking, mm, what if I'm doing the wrong thing? So if God never told you, you tell him, you never told me, I felt it, but I wasn't sure. Many people who've started ministries will tell you that there was a clear go ahead. For example, for me, there was a clear go ahead. I thought, let me wait until I'm 30 before I can begin a ministry. I even wanted to be married when I was 30. Because I, I had many inspirations. I said, let me finish. Let me make my money. Let me do this. I'll serve God. I don't mind. Then one day, October 2016, we went to Mulungoshi. God told me, start. I heard it. It was very clear. It wasn't, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like I have a calling inside. But I'm not very sure. Just be sure. Now, even if it's a conviction, it will be an unwavering conviction. Because some people have said, I never heard God to start a church. I just knew it. Let me give an example. For me, I never heard God to be a lawyer. I woke up one day in 206 and I just knew this is the only, this is the only, this is the only career there is in this life. It's, there's no other way. So my whole, God never spoke to me. There was an unwavering conviction. Now, that's what you need in order to start a ministry. Look, look, look we've got a few ministry people. They are even dozing because... <laughs> Most of you don't want to start ministries, and I like it that way. Because dealing with people who want to start ministries, whew. Now, I'm not saying if you want to start a ministry, I'm chasing you. No. I'm just saying, even you, if you're going to start a ministry, imagine half your members want to start churches. Let us stand on our feet. But... See me also for, for, for a class. Let me give you a class. I've been having dreams since last year about me praying for the sick and raising the dead, of which some have come to pass. But what I don't get is that every time it happens in the dream, I always run away to avoid people's 
praises of which I don't get why. Receive the praises from people one day, you see what will happen to you. When you raise the dead, then say, oh, wow, you're powerful. You say, come on, do it. I receive. So in other words, I'm not understanding your question. Because don't the praises belong to God? You run away when people begin to worship you. You tell them, no, worship God. So I hope in reality you don't drink the glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. What's the day today? Huh? 23rd. There's a way I sense the Holy Spirit wants to begin relating with you this morning as I was in prayer. I felt like there's an invitation to a deeper relationship with God. There's an invitation to deeper. I don't know why exactly, but I strongly feel as we go towards the end of the year, it makes even your sight better when you are moving close in close range with God. So I know you are kings and you are out fighting and you know you've got the wisdom of a serpent and you know you're happening, but remember that you are in a very sensitive relationship with God as well. And in that regard, I want you to have time to seek God. Just worship without asking for things. In your personal time, it's plugged in your headset. You're just enjoying that relationship, just acknowledging it, just praying. You know, when I was younger, I would go on, on fast, maybe a week, just so that I can commune with God. Just so I could commune with God, I would, I would, I would leave my WhatsApp groups just so that I could commune with God. We need to do that more often. Not that when you are doing other things, you're not doing it. But a time has to be dedicated. There are scriptures that you need to also be reading, you know, in this season. Scriptures that God can be trusted. Like God loves you. Scriptures that talk about you and your relationship with God. Are you listening to me? Yeah.